0: Good morning and welcome to today's podcast. Um, my guest today is Sarah Murphy. Uh, Sarah is the director of WorkLink, link, um, which is transcend San Francisco's um, based employment program for job seekers with disability. Um, Sarah has been in, uh, working in this field for many decades, that tries now makes her a little bit older, or <laughs> we'll sound that way anyway. Um, so Sarah is, um, is an expert in the area of transition, um, working with parent groups, is a, um, uh, is an acknowledged um, expert in the area of leadership mentoring, uh, who provides technical assistance and consultation to state agencies and providers uh, in their capacity to, uh, to develop effective practice system provider transformations, school to work and employer engagement. Uh, I'm looking at Sarah's profile and says, for the past 30 years, I'm sorry, Sarah, that's on your website. <laughs> yep. So, How do you uh, turn the phone off? Sarah, how are you? Good morning. I'm, I'm good. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, I've made it look old because I've read your website the past 30 years. So, oops. <laughs> we now seem old. Oop, are you me? there? Yep, I'm here, Sarah. Can okay. you me? <laughs> I'm getting, getting oh. a little... Playing with the technology, are we? Yeah, are we? We are. <laughs> well, I, I think here, I'm so, good. So. Yep. All right. Excellent. I'll sit still. <laughs> okay. Yeah, then the, um, it tends to pick up all sorts of noises. Um, just before I went live, my phone rang and it came straight through my headphones and I went, yeah, no. <laughs> 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 i am silent, but anyway, here you are. So, um, tell us a little bit about WorkLink. Well, wow. um,
1: that's a big question. Uh, uh, WorkLink is a is a program in um, San Francisco, California, and we are um, we've been running for uh, 30, 30 years, about thirty years, um, and we started. With the idea of um, starting with best practice and building building forward, and and trying to look at you know what would services look like in, in the best possible world for people with disabilities, and uh, so we so we took best practice of the day and started kind of noodling around with it, and um, and uh, we we. Because we, we thought, you know, that's, that's the kind of the foundation of a meaningful life and, and a uh, meaningful adult life for sure. So, um, we started with employment services and, and started with customized employment and, uh, and, decided that our services were going to be 100% community-based, and we were going to use customized employment, and they were going to be very driven by discovery. And, um, And we started doing that, and we kind of hung our shingle, and we were intent on working with people with more significant disabilities, and nobody came. And we were, were wondering, you know, well, you know, why don't these people want jobs? And, and we started talking with families and individuals, and, and many of them were very reticent to, to, to to, to look at employment and they thought it was a very high bar. And uh, many of them said, well, what if my son or daughter isn't going to work for 40 hours a week? What do, you know? What do I do with them then? And a lot of the programs back in those days uh, and still to this day um, are 30 hours a week, Monday through Friday, uh, nine to three. And if you, you know, you, you go Monday through Friday, nine to three and uh, parents were, comfortable with the idea that their son or daughter was, had something to do and and they were happy. Uh, and they were, they kind of relinquished that dream of employment for, for their adult child. Um, and, and, uh, you know, they just, it just didn't seem like a possibility. It didn't seem viable. It didn't seem manageable. Many of them, especially the people with significant disabilities had, uh, Uh, like a house of cards built, um, with service, you know, this kind of service and that kind of service, and then an hour of this and an hour of that, and then in-home support services. So they had all these services that they had, had kind of built, um, around their son or daughter. And the idea of throwing in a, 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 God forbid, um, you know, they, they just didn't see it as manageable. Um, program
0: out, who were
1: working living kind of these isolated lives where they they didn't really work and you know they went to work and then they went home and that's all they did and we started realizing that we needed to provide more services so we we started looking at day services and and putting putting together and braiding these services so that people could have both work and non-work services and it was just a brilliant idea, and has worked beautifully.
0: <laughs> so, so in, in, in that sense, you you you're doing clearly um, the idea of of normal full time employment, but you're delivering a day service. And when you say a day service, what do you actually mean by that?
1: It's it's non work services um, that that focus on on, and in the United States, they're they're called. Services um, where you know, and it, then they were day programs, and and historically they were alternatives for people who who uh, were in work services, in in whatever those work services were, you know, in workshop. Uh, center-based workshop services, or uh, supported employment services, um, or customized employment services. Um, these day services were were considered an alternative to that. So if people were kind of deemed unemployable uh, by whoever whoever deemed them that, or whoever whoever, whoever does that deeming, um, it it uh, it, uh, it was. Uh, you know, it was just seen as, as a, a way to socialize with their friends um, and, and something to do. Uh, and so they were very, you know, kind of curriculum, classroom-based, site-based, um, you know, a little breakfast club. Maybe they went out and had breakfast and then went back to the center. Um, so there was very little, like, community um, engagement or inclusion uh, with these services. It was all very, you know, center-based. Um, and again, it was a place to go, a place for the person to to um, be.
0: Right. So when you, when you look at these type of um, a, a day program, for instance, if someone is doing, say they're going down the pathway of full time and looking for employment and someone else has gone into, euphemistically, a day service, does that, is that a pathway, potential pathway to employment at some point?
1: Well, it is if it's used correctly, um, and and that's what we have found. Um, in many instances, these programs are, are pretty much a dead end. Uh, they don't uh, really focus on employment. In fact, many of them don't see that as their their um, as their as their mission or their goal. Uh, or as their responsibility. Um, and again, it was, it was pretty much people, you know, who didn't, who weren't interested in work. They didn't want to work. And, you know, and we all know what that means is you're not asking the right question. Um, but, uh, we, you know, and when I first said, you know, cause we had, we had someone who lost a job because she was socializing at work because that was the only time she left her house. And, um, and, you know, and, and when she lost her job, I said to my staff, I think we should do day services. And, and I, it was, it was, it was like I said, I, we should shoot the Pope, um, you know, they, they the, my staff, just where I rate, you know, they're like, we're not taking people to the park. I'm not I'm not going bowling. You know, they, they were they were really adamant that, you know, that wasn't what their job was. And um, and I said, you know, well, there's other as- you know, there's other elements of life. And and, you know, we've got all these people who are afraid of going to work and, um, you know, we could use these to help people who are reticent or scared or, or who, who need to do that discovery work uh, for customized employment that the employment services team was having to do. You know, we could use voting, um, you know, or special, you know, going, going bowling or, go, you know, going and hanging out in the park. So, um, you know, we found that they could be ex- – Exceptionally valuable for people who have um, more um, limited ideas about what employment can be, and uh, you can use that use use those services to volunteer and to explore different kind of uh, employment opportunities and in various settings.
0: So, so really, it's it's a way of making a soft introduction to employment, so people actually are participating in activities and using skills that are ultimately employability skills, but not really recognizing that they're using them. So that when the notion of employment potentially is discussed, you've actually can sort of say, well, yeah, they, hey, yeah. right. you've been they doing can make, inf- make informed
1: choices and you can, yeah, you can point out that's what we mean. They, they don't, uh, right. they don't understand and, and they haven't got the life experience to really, um, to understand what you're, what you're asking them. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a great way to kind of introduce the idea of employment of community employment to people. And then also to kind of teach them the community skills they need to be, to be in the, uh, independent, uh, or able to, to, um, have a job and, and, uh, to, you don't, and you don't have to teach them, uh, the the travel training and, and, you know, the soft skills or social skills, all of that stuff can be um, addressed using these these day services.
0: Right. And i assume that was a door opening and closing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was me lock, locking the dog out. Okay, good. Um, I, I think that's really interesting because if you, you know, when people talk about, you know, <laughs> okay, well, we can, the dog is the, there. he's trying to get in um they talk about the idea that we have to make people job ready and all this sort of stuff but the reality is when you when you start to look at you know what are euphemistically called social supports the things that people identify as social supports are in actual fact the same things you need to actually find and keep a job Uh, if you think you know people say oh you know you know, teaching someone how to get out of bed in time and have a shower, you know, that's not employment. Well, last time I looked, getting out of bed on time and having a shower was part of the journey to work. So there's this misnomer that there's the the social things that people focus on actually aren't employment things, when in actual fact, they are the general employability skills, are the capacity to get out of bed, um, dress, breakfast, etc., cetera, get on a, whatever form of transport to get there. But work in itself, once you get there is really more um, situation specific skills so task oriented right? Yeah so the idea that that we can't sort of use social funding in as you may want to call it to actually promote employment is a nonsense because they're the same skill sets.
1: right right it is and and employers often say that it's the soft skills, not necessarily the the hard skills are the, oh, here he comes again. Um, let, him, let him in.
0: Um, I apologize in advance. Uh, um, it's the joys of working from home. We all know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it
1: is, a, it, you know, and we found it to be in, incredibly valuable because when people go to work, I mean, that that is a that is a, that's a, a big deal and it's, and it can be very, very, uh, frightening for some people, you know, starting a new job can, can be, you know, just a a traumatizing event. And, uh, so, you know, to have confidence in the community and to be able to ride a bus, that's one less thing you're learning. Um, and then that soft skills, social skills, you know, teaching people, you got to get the job done. And, and, um, and, you know, I'm a helper and building that work ethic is is so critical because many people, you know, the second something gets tough or they start to sweat, they, they're like, oh, I'm done with this. And, you know, and then they don't they don't really understand what what work means um, and the idea of a paycheck, you know, all right. that stuff. Is-
0: and, and I guess it illustrates something that that we we we've tended to forget in employment and that a lot of employment programs take people and they stick them in a room for six months or a year to teach them things like how to do a resume and all this sort of stuff when the reality is you should actually be doing this work in the community where people are are traveling are engaging are learning how to communicate uh, how to be in society because realistically until you master those things how can you actually progress to work in an in in an environment where, right, in a social yeah, setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, because ultimately, work is a social setting. It, it, it you, you can't deny the fact that for a lot of people, um, for most of not us, not any longer, Peter. Well, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I know. I like, like all of us, work is now a solo enterprise. <laughs> you know, um, including for your dog there. Um, right, howdy he goes again. Yeah, um, absolutely right. And, and I guess that brings an, an, into another question, we, where we are today is so considerably different to where we started the year and it, it, it tends to create a bit more of a focus on where is work going and then more importantly, how do we deliver employment services at, in, a, in what effectively is a setting or a situation where we can't go out and do things, we can't you know, go out and talk to employers. We can't go out into the community as much as we'd we'd want to, and certainly the idea of talking to an employer today by and large most in certainly in where I live, uh, where we're back into stage four lockdown. there's there's most employers are closed up. You can't go and talk to someone, and if you could find one, I'm reasonably certain he doesn't want to talk to you about jobs.
1: No, he wants to talk to you about hand sanitizer and where to get, sanitizing wipes um yeah no and it's it's been incredibly difficult for us to figure out how to how to support people who who are you know who have fallen out of their jobs at this point um and are waiting to go back or um whose whose employment has closed i mean it's just it's just been um a a very difficult time for everyone but we've found that using zoom and um and Facetime and and other things that we're, we're able to really work with people on, um, you know, can, kind of get them together and do a support group on Zoom and talk about, um, uh, you know, we, we we're doing a discovery, a group discovery Zoom, um, where people are talking about, you know, what who they are and what they're all about and their values and what they're interested in, and it's really been interesting to see people share. Um, with each other and with their peers and it's brought out, you know, people are like, well, you know, so-and-so said this and that's pretty interesting to me. And, you know, and, it, and it's, and it's really kind of helped us um, to, to, to do kind of a, a, a virtual discovery, so to speak. And it's, you know, obviously it's not the best way to do it and it's, and it's not a thorough discovery, but it's actually what we're hoping is going to kind of jumpstart once we can start going back into the community that we can start, um, you know, with with a little more of a, a base um, as to what this person's all about and what's a, what uh, is important to them and meaningful for them.
0: Right. So this is, this is quite interesting because w- when I l- listen to what you've just said, I start to think to myself, okay, so we're doing a little bit of group discovery. People are actually having a conversation, but it really resonates that at this point, because most of us are working solo or in difficult circumstances, it almost becomes a, a peer support group for people. Um, oh, it is. Sort of, yeah. So, so that it, <laughs> it, 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 it actually is doing two things. It's, it's giving us a bit of a, a jump start on the employment journey um, as well as educating people. But I, I guess clearly for a lot of people, to actually have a bit of a, a conversation with people that are on the same journey that with them would be quite actually um, quite healthy um, quite yeah healthy. it's
1: great too and we've been doing um, kind of peer led um, conversations so we we bring in kind of a guest speaker as someone who's who's doing some sort of job and they get to talk about their job and and you know obviously the the employment specialist facilitates it and kind of And leads them through, can you talk about this? And, you know, has, have, has, have you had any kind of experience like this and, and kind of reminds them of, of instances. Um, And then they, they tell that, you know, they, they they get to be the expert, which is really quite fun. And, and it's just pure joy uh, to see them kind of engaging and, 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 you know, pretty soon uh, what we've seen is, is they start the the facilitator just kind of goes quiet and and they lead the whole thing and and talk to each other about this and this whole idea about employment and and, and uh, it's it's it is really pretty inspiring.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's it's almost a bit like the extension of of you know when we're off doing informational interviews, and I've always said that that in, you know people love talking about their business and their success uh, in their business, and and I guess in a funny way it's it's an extension of that because now all of a sudden the 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 person who's who's you know running the business or has that job is now talking to a whole bunch of other people and it becomes really quite an quite an exceptionally interesting idea um because it's it's an informational interview that maybe a dozen or as people in the group might not have ever got the opportunity to do it but because we're all sharing a similar set of circumstances we're we're all going to engage with it
1: right well and then you know there's a lot of people who are who are looking for some way to be social and to, and, 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 you know, getting getting a little sick of like the zoom happy hours or whatever. So, you know, you call them up and you say, you know, you're an expert in this field. Can we ask you, you know, we have this group of people who, who are just interested in learning a little bit more about what this is like. And would you be, you know, would you be willing to, 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 call in for uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes and just give us a little bit. And it, it ends up that they call in and we're on for an hour because they're, they're just having as much fun as we are. So it's, it's really been inspiring
0: yeah and and I guess it's probably potentially for people that are, are on the employment journey to hear someone who's running a business in these difficult times and and they can they can kind of relate, and it's probably, as you said, it's it's quite inspiring. I and mean, I'm sitting here listening to that and going, Why haven't we thought of that before? but it it goes to the idea that often the simplest things are the things we overlook, and they're the most effective things.
1: Yeah. So the discovery is one, but then the, as you mentioned, the support group is the other. Um, and when people were being laid off, we we had a group, um, you know, anybody that had been working and was, was uh, sent home um, and couldn't go to work or wasn't an essential worker. Um, we worked with them on, you know, evaluating their situation. So some people were continuing to be paid. Other people had to, were furloughed and, um, so we talked about what that means and, and that it wasn't, you were not fired. You, you know, firing is when you do something wrong and furloughing is when there isn't any work to be done. You know, so we had to kind of go through and make sure that they understood that they weren't canned.
0: Otherwise we've all been canned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole world got canned. Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting proposition. So l- let me take you somewhere else for a second. Y- you know y- the discovery process has been something you've been using for well over three decades, and again, then now we all feel old. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for uh, reminding uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get reminded every day. Um, <laughs> if, if you if you look at that process, um and it's it's fascinating to us because we've been using it for a long period of time, and, and I've just noticed my good friend, Peter Simons, who you know, um, has entered the studio and is listening live. Wave, Peter. Um, and I, and I, I think what's interesting to me is I'd be interested in your thoughts on the progression of the discovery process. Peter says hi. Um, uh, over the years, what are your observations? I mean, we make, we're making certain observations as we're continuing to evolve the process. But I'd be, I'd be curious to see what you see in your setting um you know it, it's funny because it,
1: it, i think when we first started we we all thought that uh discovery was a, a real science uh and that it, it it you know it needed to be uh lengthy and thir- you know completely thorough and and i think we overdid it um I think we also ignored the fact that many people who are coming to us are are known by others and um you know we can we can use uh that that uh that that knowledge to kind of jumpstart the process and it, and um, and possibly even you know complete a discovery and so I think I think what we've what we found is that discovery is not rocket science it's really common sense and getting to know somebody and if you've got a lot of people who know somebody well um, you can you can do a discovery um, in a heartbeat. Um, So we've tried to make it simple. We've tried to make it, you know, an empowering, engaging process, and we've tried to make it a a situation where we we really loop in the individual's family and uh, support network, um, their, you know, their siblings, their teachers, their neighbors. Um, anybody who knows them well and, and, you know, friends, family, everybody. Um, and you get all those brains in a room and you really, I mean, people, people really feed off other people's ideas and, and, you know, people are confirming and denying and, you know, like, the, so it's this whole, um, you know, uh, it, but it's, it's very, very empowering for the person too to hear people talking about them and in, in such positive so, you know, right. I think um, I think we've found it to be just, you know, the the keys to the kingdom, actually. I mean, it really does help in in placing people and not just finding a job, but finding the right job for
0: somebody. Right. And and, and when I look when I look at it, the, the process, I think there are two parts to it. There's the simple side, which is the engaging with the families, and then on the other side of it is the 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 bits that the consultant has to do um their own research into the the opportunities and where where work is going in their environment and type of things that are out there so it's i guess it's simple on on the in the sense that on the family side it needs to be simple and as simple as possible um, so that they're inspired and engaged in the process but at the same time i think that that we have to also recognize that on the consultant side, there's some work they need to do behind the scenes that they shouldn't shortcut or not do. Oh, correct. Yeah, of
1: course. Um, but we've we've also found that when you when you start having kind of a team approach to this discovery, um, and it's not you know it's not it's it's a meeting, it's a Venn diagramming meeting, and it's not you know it's not a, a whole bunch of meetings or anything like that. But you you can tap that brain trust and you can tap that experience and people start saying, well, I had a job doing this and that's exactly what that is, you know, and, 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 you know, you said he likes to do this and this and this, and, you know, I did a job like this and that's exactly what we did. And so, you know, you, you get away from the, the limitations of having just one job developer to having a whole room full of job developers. Um, and you you can also tap those personal networks too to you know do you know anyone in this field and and people are like yeah my best friend works there or you know it's 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 really um, kind of it, it makes job development much easier um, and it's not that we don't do the research after and we don't go in and do the informational interview with those specific targeted employers it it helps us with the targeting
0: is what right. it does. And, and this is something that we that we used to teach that clearly a lot of us have forgotten is that when you, you know, the, what, the best place to start the job search is, you know, literally within a kilometre where the individual lives and with their family because everybody knows someone who's connected to someone who possibly has an uncle or an auntie or a cousin who's doing that and all of a sudden you discover that. the the four or five people that are supposedly in the family or close to the individual know another 25 people who know 25 more people. And before you know it, six degrees later, you've got 180 possible employment options.
1: Yep. That's
0: exactly how it works.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and it it makes it really easy to call them up and say, hey, you know... Bill Jones said I should call you and said that you were an expert in this field and and that you might be willing to help me or talk to me about this industry you
0: know who's going to say who's going say no you know. <laughs> well, well you're right yeah absolutely and, and you know it's something we we have forgotten to a degree so yeah, me, we don't we away. don't do cold calls anymore no we, we no. try not to. Well, right. which is why I've never understood the notion of a reverse marketing of individuals. I was like, why? Um, but yeah. anyway, that's another subject. Um, let me let me go a little bit further in a different direction. Then, as an organisation, you've now you've got staff that are delivering employment services, and you, you know you've been doing this for 30. years so I keep using that. I'll stop saying that. <laughs> um, a long time sounds like. Worse, but we'll just stick with that. But if you look at it, what are the things have have you learnt over the years when it comes to managing a, a, a team of of people delivering these services? What are the things that you get would say, you know, these are things you need to keep be to to manage. Um. Well, the, I think one of the
1: most important things is to get the right people on the bus first, uh, and to and to really foster that mindset of being um, a teacher and and a facilitator and a connector and not the connection, um, and also helping people to understand that um, you know their role is is um, to to teach not you're not a caretaker you're not a babysitter um that you know you're really a teacher and you're really there to facilitate and and then get yourself you know work yourself out of the picture more like a job coach than a than a you know what what services tend to be for people with disabilities which is a lifelong
0: sentence uh (laughs) that's a bit dogmatic sorry (laughs) well actually it's interesting you say that because one of the things I often tell people is is when I started in the field I started as a support worker um, in direct support and and the general manager of of the service um, which is a a national service here in Australia she came straight out she said "Our, our role is to make ourselves redundant but in practice we never will and I kind of thought, oh, we've given up already. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's that's a low expectation. That is, yeah, no. Well, so so we we the other thing I think that's important when when um, hiring staff is to really empower them as well uh, and to include them um, in in you know the 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 development and management of the service. Uh, we 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 have uh, weekly staff meetings and, and everybody. So having people be part of the uh, solution uh, to any issues is really, really key. Um, the, the other, I, th- I think, well, that's with any team, I guess, not just a community-based team. Um, but I think with community-based services, one of the biggest issues is keeping them feeling connected Um and and feeling like they're part of a team, so we tend to have people work on projects together. Um, so you know the direct service people will will we need we need a new um, form for something or an ISP form isn't working very well for us. And how can we streamline it? And we'll assign two or three of the community instructors to it to to knock it out together, so that they feel like a team. Um, and then we also we when we have our meetings we have it's not just the community services team it's the community services team and the employment services team one and the same so it's an all hands so that there isn't that um, my job your job situation and that we see the person holistically and not as you know I'm I'm just I just talk about their work that's all I talk about and you're there to talk about the non work stuff so we don't get that like it's it's not my job. You know, everybody sees that they're part of supporting this person no you know no matter what. So that we're able to if some if a community instructor goes out sick, we can actually call you know, put out on WhatsApp uh, you know, so-and-so is ill today, can, you know, does do any of the job coaches want to take the basketball group or the, you know, the volunteer site. <laughs> and uh, most of them can have a little more flexibility because they're, they're they've are they got some uh, follow along work that they're doing and, and spot checking. And they can, you know, they can easily do that on a different day or whatever. Um, so, you know, they step in and, and it's a really great way for People t- to kind of build cohesion and, and collaboration between services so that there isn't that, um, that
0: siloing. Right. It's interesting you say that because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, disability employment services in Australia is, is a hard silo um, in the sense that it's, its entire focus is on employment. It, it doesn't do any of the other things. And I'm scratching my head going, okay, if we're going to work with the person holistically, which is what we used to do, and clearly that's what you're doing, um, and even your workforce is holistic in the sense that it's multi-skilled and and it isn't always a pure It's It's two two
1: separate things. teams, though. It is two separate teams, and there's two separate service plans
0: I, I, written because <laughs> well, we have I, to be accountable. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I get that, and that's your, that's your funding mechanism, mm-hmm. um, and I, I understand that. But we, we have an interesting situation where we have a national disability insurance scheme where where social and economic participation are equal partners they're not separate bedfellows even though many of the service providers that are in this area uh, aren't really employment people and they still see employment as a bit of a you know a foreigner but it it, it, in a situation where we have social and economic as equal equal partners then it, it would be very easy to work more holistically and rather than simply go, well, we only do employment. Um, it certainly illustrates that if you're going to do employment, maybe what, if you just want to stick in that wheel has, maybe you need to think about who am I going to partner with to deliver the other things.
1: Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense because it is, it's such a crucial piece. When we first started offering both, um, again, my employment services team were just irate at the idea. Uh, because they thought it would draw them away from doing the stuff that they need to do, which was engaging with employers. And and what they found was it was a way to really do that upfront work in order to really place someone in a job that fits and a job that's right for them. Um, And then also to deal with the little things that we're going to come back and bite that person uh, once, you know, once they do get a job, if we, if we find they don't have good time skills or their, you know, their hygiene is bad. What we do is, you know, rope in the community instructors again and say, look, you know, can you teach him how to shower and wash his hair at the gym, please, because he's coming to work all dirty. And it's not something that is, is, you know, the employment specialist has to deal with. Um, so it's worked out to be a, a great time saver and a, and a job saver um, for many people.
0: Well, I, I would look at that and I would think to myself, if you're going to have staff in two different, let's call them silos, one's the social, one's the employment, because that's their specialization, it would seem to me that even though you're in your own specialization, you still have to have some level of of skills than the other maybe if your role is employment you've maybe got to have a 10 percent understanding and and exposure to the social and if you're doing the social looking after that side of the individual maybe you've got to also have an understanding of employment and that also interestingly enough when i and again this might be lockdown speaking but then i start to think about employers I think that you know one of the things that that we come across often is employers say I'd love to employ someone but I don't know how to, because they know their business and they know the employment but they don't know the other aspect. So it, it seems to illustrate that one of the missing links on the employment side is around supporting employers to develop an understanding around the social aspects of the individual, the things where that if they ignore, may become triggers in a workplace. Um, I'm not sure I understand
1: <laughs> your question <Yeah>. or statement. <laughs> uh, well, I, <laughs> so I, like
0: I said, it, it might be lockdown. Um, now, what I, what I was getting at was when it comes to the employer side of things, um, you know, what do we need to do? What are you doing on the employer side to assist them to understand the idea of, of how to employ someone with a disability?
1: You know, we, 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 we go in as, and we say this is a partnership and, you know, our, our role here is to really address whatever you're, you know, whatever comes up together. Um, And we, we don't really set ourselves up as, as, you know, as a service that's going to come in and and fix things. Um, We try to make it. Uh, a a group effort so that when we do start to fade our, our employment coaching that the employers feel confident and comfortable and capable. Um, You know, again, this isn't rocket science. This is just good people skills. Um, And then the other thing too, I think, I think with the social skills um, that that's where the, the, the community instructors really come in too, because we can really reinforce those skills in you know throughout the other settings that they're in, and teach them um, you know the so the how to how to be a good friend, how to be uh, caring, how to carry on a conversation, um, inside voice uh, manners. Um, so one of the things that we really teach people is to you know at, at volunteer jobs is to is to go up and say you look busy, can I help you with that? And that has come back and and you know just. Numerous times, and and helped people, you know, get win friends, um, and to and to build friendships at at employment sites. Um, but I think when we start, you know, s- s- seeming like we you have to have a special degree to come in and work with people with disabilities, I, I think it really sets them apart as different. And and you know, I think if we look at them as you know, everybody's got a disability, and this is just a spectrum of, you know, where people are on, um, you know, everybody's got troubles and, and difficulties. And and we've actually had a lot of employers say, you know, he's the least of my worries. You don't know about the other idiots that I have, <laughs> I have hired <laughs> and are who are the bane of my existence. And, uh, you know, I think, I you know, and I think it's true. I think people are people and, um, and I think that uh, you know, I think when we when we go in to employment sites, uh, we we tend. I think the thing that employers really struggle with is not the social end of it, but knowing kind of what how how to how to um, you know where how to how to reconfigure jobs and how to look at um, workflow processes and determine. Uh, areas where you know just a little extra support or a support role might um, benefit the core staff or the key staff people, and and um, and help help them to do their responsibilities uh, better. So we use a lot of lean principles uh, going in and really evaluating uh, waste and and workflow processes and and um, you know looking at the the key um, and you know if they're doing. You know, what could that look like? And really kind of helping the employers to evaluate their their workflow and the way they do business um, and and how to support their team in ways. And those little kind of set up button up jobs are the jobs that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities typically can do. Right. You know, they're, they're
0: it's interesting you you mentioned lean principles and, and in i've been a fan of that because you turned me on that a number of years ago uh, but but it's interesting because that game that's i mean I'm not you know that obviously is a skill set um, so so how do you plug that into the employment process because it seems that it's potentially a part of the idea that around job analysis that people the consultants need to understand what the role what makes up the job so they can work out our, you know the accommodations Hello Sarah yep with uh, our, um, our Are you there? Sorry, are you there, Sarah? Oh now yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I think I lost you for a second. Oh
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, um, I'm
0: not sure if you're into what I okay. was said. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, if we go back to the idea for me, it sounds like you know the lean principles fit nicely into job analysis. So we can work out what are the accommodations and what are the things we can potentially alter to make the job streamline and more. Um, easy for everybody to do right and it's also it's a way to look at um, we, we kind of look at their
1: their core staff too and and treat them like a surgeon is one of the things that we teach people <laughs> all the time and you know sh- what is this the surgeon should not be popping up afterwards the surgeon should not be going upstairs to get the patient the surgeon should not be you know, scrubbing the instruments, the sh- surgeon should be doing brain surgery. So really kind of looking at that. And um, and it really helps employers to see, you know, how they're not effectively using their highly trained staff. And it's actually mm-hmm. costing them if they support that person with a, you know, in, at, at a wage that's more representative of those responsibilities. Um, and it makes customized employment make sense.
0: Right. So all all roads lead back to, to discovery and customizing the role of the individual. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think we've, our technical difficulties might have settled themselves, <laughs> hopefully. So let me ask you, uh, given the situation we find ourselves in now, and it's a difficult exercise for everybody, where are we going? What do you see as the accommodations we as employment People have to make in order to continue to do what we're doing in in these challenging times.
1: Well, I think one of the things we we want to do as employment specialists is to really stay ahead of the curve and really look at you know what is what are the job duties going to look like um, in in the n- new normal um, and what what new jobs are going to be out there because of it. And so there's going to be a lot of Screening, and, you know, temperature and, and sanitizing. So there's going to be protocols, safety protocols that are going to be time-consuming. Um, at, you know, for for employers to to manage. And you know, this is, I think is an easy way to get a toe in the toe in the door. Um, at at some locations is is to really you know create and customized jobs around um, taking care of some of these COVID-related safety protocols and managing some of the, uh, you know, the check-in and the screenings and the, and the, um, uh, the, 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 there's some people talking about having people um, do contract, contact tracing as well, um, you know, doing phone calls, saying, you know, this person was in this room and has now and, and said you were there and gave us your phone number and and he's been exposed. Can you come in? And you know, doing some, you know, cont- contacting in um, contact tracing uh, for for um, for cases. So I think if we start looking at, you know, like what are what are these what are the new jobs around this pandemic. And, um, you know, what, what is, cause that's going to be in addition to the work that needs to be done. Um, the other unfortunate thing is I think we're going to be looking at a high rate of, uh, businesses closing. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of unemployment uh, around the country and a lot of people working virtually. So I think a lot of the office assistant work is, is going to change and, um, we're, right. we're just the, at this point trying to wrap our head around what,
0: what this is all going to look like. Yeah, it, it, it's not an easy time. Um, okay. Oh, um, there. We might be still having tech. Hopefully, it's all recording fine. So, Sarah, one last piece of I'm advice losing before it. I let you, go. Are you still Are we still there, Sarah? Yeah, back again. Okay, <laughs> Okay. So, one last piece of advice. Uh, around, what do we do right now? What would you suggest if someone said, "Look, what should I do? I'm an employment consultant. I don't know where to go right now. I don't know what to do." What would I? What would you say to them?
1: You know, I, there there are many ways to do your work, um, and I think you know, learning to use technology to to connect with people is is one. Um, and like I said, you know, those Zoom meetings. Um, are, I, what our hope is is that when we hit the ground finally um, and things start opening up again, we'll be able to um, hit the ground running versus having to do all that work um, that we could be doing from, you know, sitting in our room. Um, and then I think the other thing would be to really educate uh, your, yourself. If I mean, if you don't know anything about lean, you know, start looking at that and, and really looking at, you know, what does that mean in, in uh, various industries and what can that look like? Um, because for us, it's been a real boon on, on giving us a way to to talk talk the talk with businesses um, and really you know putting putting their needs first, which really makes it really sets us up as an employment service versus a social service. Um, so you know I would I would kind of look at educating myself as to you know what lean principles are and what waste is and and uh, there's a lot out there now. Um, and then, you know, I, I would say, you know, work with your job seekers that you have uh, identified and doing this peer to peer you know informational interviews and peer to peer discovery groups uh, and peer to peer support groups are are have really been beneficial I
0: think for the individuals that we've served. Are you there? Right. I'm having to, I think we're still having some technical (laughs) issues. So so I'll just simply say uh, for people that uh, are trying to understand what Sarah's talking about, lean, um, look up value stream mapping. That'll give you some idea of what we're talking about here. Sarah, despite the technical difficulties, hopefully this will transcribe fine without the little gaps. Thank you very much for your time. It's been very informative and very valuable. Oh, excellent. Well, good. It was. It's always nice
1: to talk to you, Peter. And hello, Peter, in, in the room.
0: <laughs> He'll appreciate Peter, Peter, and Peter. Thank Peter. you, a few times, Sarah. Yeah, we're all Peters. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. It's been brilliant. Um, we'll catch up again shortly, I'm sure. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. Thank very you good for listening, and that ends our podcast. Bye, bye, everyone.